Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And today I am joined by Tana Marie. She is our featured artist for this month. She's also going to be performing at this month's Love Yourself Expression. We're back after our little break that we've taken this year. And I'm just really excited to get Tana Marie's story out there and it's so cool to think on a a little bit of back in memory lane of when we first met Tana Marie she performed at our anniversary event back in at the bunkhouse our very first love yourself expression anniversary and I've had the privilege of getting to see her growth as an artist and it's been such a joy so I'm super excited again to get her story more out there learn more about her and get everybody to hear it so welcome Tana Marie Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, it's it's our pleasure. And like I said, it's been such a joy to just to have witnessed your growth so far. And you have, I just feel like you have such a bright future ahead. Oh, thank you. And what's funny is you just mentioned that first anniversary event. And I remember um, I was going through, that was like the beginning of me going through my self-love like mm-hmm. journey. And I had never been a part of the sound bowl thing. And I remember having like an experience, like I sat there and cried and I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, this is great. And I have to perform later. So it was like the perfect get ready for the performance. And I got, I still have my uh, love yourself button that I had gotten that day. So I was like, it's on my leather jacket. Uh, So I'm like, I keep it on there, but it was really cool. That was like the beginning of my loving myself kind of journey. So it was really all meant to be. That's so beautiful. And, and actually segues to my first question that I always ask people very well is what is it that you love about yourself and how has that quality either changed over time or how has it helped you to get to this point where you are now? I think what I love about myself is my heart the most, like my kindness and the way it's changed is I used to give too much and not allow enough for myself. Mm -hmm. And I still give just as much to others but now I also give equal to myself. And I think that's played an important role in getting past the hurdles that I've gone through this year is Mm -hmm. that I've learned to fill my own cup 
first and then give all of that extra out. I used to think it was one or the other. You give everything or you give nothing. And I realized it's a balance. Like everything in life is a balance. But I think that's the thing I love about myself the most is I didn't let anything make me unkind in a world that can be really hard sometimes. And like you can become bitter or jaded very quickly. Mm -hmm. I think I just, that's my thing that I'm most proud of. I love that. I find that it takes a lot of courage to continue to stay open to life because I think it is easier to close yourself off. And like you said, in a world where it almost promotes that type of behavior more to keep your heart open and to stay kind is almost like an act of rebellion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I will say I had, I definitely have a lot of rebellion in me. So <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> But I love what you said too about finding that balance because that is the most important thing. And I think I'm not going to overgeneralize, but I think a lot of times, even as women, we can have that tendency of wanting to take care of everybody else, right? Before and leaving ourselves last. So I think it's wonderful that you have found that, that balance for yourself. I think the reason is I read something, there was a book I was reading and I just skipped like what it's called just skipped my brain. I'll probably come to it later, but there was a book a friend gave me last Christmas that I just started reading like a few months ago. And it said in there, oh, woman on fire or something like that. I think it was woman on fire. And it basically was talking about how if you're not giving to yourself or loving yourself, you're not truly loving other people. Because if you can't love yourself or you don't know how to, how could you possibly be really loving others? So I realized I wasn't fully loving the people I thought I loved, at least as much as I could at that time. Right. But when I started to like pour into myself and be kinder to myself and love myself, it, it almost came naturally. Like it was just a reaction to that. So it's crazy how the more we de- like the sayings that we hear when we're younger <laughs> in our twenties and teens, and it's like, love yourself first. All you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then you had a certain age and I think it's that solar return, that huge yes. moment. And it's just, Oh, it just all kind of clicks. And it's yeah. Like mm-hmm. literally you change the world by changing yourself. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make sense before. But I'm like, okay, the more I love myself, the more patient I am with my son and like family members and friends. And it's been fun to realize in myself, you have those moments where you're like, ah, oh, I noticed I did that differently or I reacted differently or I didn't react when I would have. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in those little moments of uh, realizing your growth, I think it's, it brings so much joy. Wow. It, okay. It's working. <laughs> and also that's a part of growth too, is just mm-hmm. allowing yourself to realize it. And I think before I used to think it was selfish to sit there and think about all the things I've done or how great I am, but it's like, it, you do need to remind yourself because there's so many days when we don't feel good enough and you just have to remind yourself of all the cool things you've done or all the good things you continue to do. And I, now I know that that's okay. It's okay to pat yourself on the back. Sometimes there, there's a little Kanye in all of us. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice healthy dose of self-praise. <laughs> <laughs> But awesome, Tamari. So I want to know a little bit, how did it all begin for you when it comes to diving into poetry, singing, music? When would you say it all started? And when was that moment as well that you decided for yourself that you really wanted to pursue it more? I had a small moment in Virginia when I was working with a, a rapper out there that's a friend, a family friend. Mm-hmm. And then I did a, a competition out there called Fredericksburg Idol. And first I did country. I don't sing country that much, but I tried and I got, I think top six or something. And then I almost didn't do the second one. Cause I was 
almost afraid of the rejection of, oh, I didn't make it the first time and do as well as I thought. Mm. So maybe I just shouldn't do it. And then I got sick and I was super nasally worse than I am now. And I decided to audition anyways, and I did great. And then I ended up winning. And I think that was the first big, like, just do it. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't original music. That was co- like covers. So then when I came out here, got married, went through that whole situation, didn't work out. And when I got out of that relationship, which was very toxic, I had a lot of feelings and a lot of hurt and I didn't know how to get it out. And I was just going to like drugs and alcohol for a long time. And mm-hmm. then I was like, there's gotta be a different way to get this pain out. Yeah. Cause I was just suppressing it. I wasn't actually doing anything with it. And I just sang one day out of like pain and I wrote a song to a instrumental on YouTube and then everything else just fell in place. And I really wish it didn't sound that easy because I know there's some people like, okay, but it really, it did. Met somebody that they're like, you should go to this talent showcase and do your song. And then from there I went to Rebar and then from Rebar went to the gym and then it was, it just snowballed within a matter of four months. I was almost performing everywhere and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> So it was just, and then I did my first recordings during the pandemic. So all the music on Spotify was all during the pandemic. So it's crazy because when I think back, I feel like I've been doing a long time, but I'm like, I've only been doing this for two and a half years and not even three yet. And uh, it feels like it's gone by so quickly. And I'm also super grateful because I know that there's a lot of artists who have been doing it a lot longer than me who deserve just as much light and attention. And I try not to let that give me imposter syndrome because sometimes I feel like, oh, why me? And I also have to just think this is just my journey for now. And they have their own journey and just allowing things to be. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I actually love that you brought up imposter syndrome because I go through it myself sometimes too. And I think a lot of us do. And what are some things that you've done to help either combat those feelings or understand those feelings? What, yeah, what have you done to help get yourself through that? I'll be honest. I've had a lot of really great friends as that will remind me Mm -hmm. because I will forget. And then they start listing things and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And (laughs) You almost forget the things you've done. And we tend to, at least if you've dealt with a lot of trauma in your life, like I grew up with a lot of childhood trauma that I'm like dealing with and coping with and learning from, you sometimes tend to only recognize the bad in yourself and not the good things. Mm -hmm. And that's a very hard thing to get over. So having people in your circle, even if it's only just one person, that just reminds you like, no, you're actually really awesome. Remember this thing you did? And you're like, oh, okay. And then it also would get really uncomfortable sometimes. I'd be like, okay, stop. And then they're like, no, but there's so much more. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And then you ground yourself again. And then I think that's what helped me move on during the pandemic is when I started to feel that way with music, that's when I turned to poetry. Cause I felt like there were some things during the pandemic that were so hard on a lot of us. We couldn't really gather everything that was happening and I couldn't write about it. But there's something so raw about poetry because there's nothing to fall back, no music. It's just you. And uh, that's when I started doing poetry and realizing that my writing capabilities went beyond music. It was just telling stories or how I felt. So that was really cool. That was eye-opening too, because I never considered myself a poet. And then I'm doing slams and I'm winning and I'm just getting second place or I won a slam and then I'm published in a book and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm a poet now. That's amazing. And I love what you said earlier too about just saying yes to the opportunity or going for it. And I th- and I think that 
I can attest to my own self too. I think sometimes we are our, the person that's holding us back the most. What has helped you to just go for it? Just yeah, if, if that makes sense. I honestly just think it's been the amount of hardship that I've gone through recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> you're like, you've been through so much. You're just like, eh. you yeah. know, like I also realized that everything I've ever done that has given me a lot of joy was usually something I was afraid of. So like on the other side of fear is usually something really amazing. And I think fear is a good thing because it stops us from hurting ourselves or a lot of that. But fear can also be a huge blockage to why we don't do things. And I had to realize that some of my fear was learned through childhood and it wasn't even my fears. There were other people's fears right. that were placed on me. So I'm like, okay, I had to recognize the difference between things I was afraid of and things others were afraid of. I even try to be careful with my son. Oh, don't do this because you can get hurt. And I'm like, okay, but I don't want him to be afraid of the world. Mm. So at sometimes I'm like, I got to let him fall and get back up and just be there because he's so like free when you're younger, you don't have all those, like yes. everyone telling you what you should be afraid of and what you shouldn't. So I'm trying to like not put my fears onto him. <laughs> so he has a little bit of a chance, but that's the biggest thing that hurdle for me to get over is literally just going, you know what? Great things have happened the last time I was afraid, or if I get an opportunity that I don't feel maybe worthy of at that moment, mm-hmm. or I don't think, like when I first got that 30 minutes, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for 30 minutes, like an hour or 30. What am I going to do? And then when I just said, okay, stop thinking, what are you going to do? And just make a plan. And then it just all came together. Yeah. And if you say yes to some things that you're really afraid of or think like they can be the best things. So heck yeah. And uh, yeah, Tana Marie, she performed, what was it? Is it, was it in June or July? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> Over the summer at field trip at Ferguson, and I, I was there and I just remember I was just so blown away by your performance, Tamri. And I was just, again, remembering when I first saw you, which I always thought you were incredibly talented, but to see how your showmanship, everything, how much I just saw how much it showed how much you've grown in your self-love. And yeah, it was amazing. It was just truly incredible to see you up there. Thank you. That performance is special to me in a few ways or for a few reasons that outfit I was wearing I was so insecure about I was like I don't show my arms I don't like my arms I have my legs out I'm wearing stuff that's a little bit different for me I did my hair differently everything and I was like but I felt the most like me but it was uncomfortable Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go up there and I'm going to just have a lot of fun. And I'm not going to think about what I look like at this angle or all of the dumb stuff that no one really cares about, but me that I hyper focused on. And I also was super present that day. A lot of times when I'm on stage, it's very blurry. I almost don't remember it when I get off stage. I'm just so high off of adrenaline. Yeah. And this was the first time I took a moment and I looked at everybody and I, I was like very emotional almost. Cause I'm just like, you see it when artists, like your favorite artists, you've been to a concert when there's like thousands of people and they look out and they just take a moment. And I just remember that being my moment thinking this may only be 30, 40 people, but one day this is going to be hundreds of people. And I want the same moment to feel just as good at this. Cause if I can't be present during this moment and very appreciative of 40 people who really care about me and love my music, I don't think I would be present enough later when it's bigger crowds. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to take a moment and like really take it all in. And I think it was the first performance ever that like I felt it. And I was like, 
very proud of myself. And I think that's what made others feel it a lot more because I was super present. Yeah. I feel that strongly. And what came to my mind right now, as you were speaking was just the importance of being grateful for the journey, every step. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times we can get so hyper-focused on the end goal or, Mm. right. I know I've been guilty of that many times. And, but when we choose to be present, I I find it, it becomes very magical and it really, it's necessary. I think to very, be very present every step of the way, because it's, what's preparing you for those bigger moments, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I think it's honestly, maybe to a millennial thing, I know that we were always very, it was always get to this point and get to this point and go to college and do this. And there was always these like big milestones milestones. Mm -hmm. and it felt like you had to reach all these things to be worthy of a certain level. It just, it's weird because I think there's this envy, but it's actually very beautiful to see Gen Z and a lot of my younger friends in the arts community not feeling like, hey, I have to do this by this age. They feel a little bit more free with their options. And most of them are doing the things we wanted to do much sooner. And sometimes I think they're where the, where the clash comes in is the people who are like, I don't think we realize that what we don't like in them sometimes is more of just a jealousy of the first sibling who didn't get to get away with those things. And like the parents were harder on us and we see the younger sibling living their best life, jealous. (laughs) It's one of those moments. And I'm just like, I have to actually like be very happy because I'm getting them, like getting to see them deal with mental illnesses and understand it. And like the things that we didn't get maybe right away. And it's actually, it makes me really proud because I'm like, cool, as crazy of a generation as they are sometimes, that's awesome that they get to grow up doing those things that we didn't get. Cause it means that something is healing as a collective. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm glad you said that. I also admire Gen Z a lot. A lot of the interns that we work with are Gen Z and it's amazing. Just they just to... don't take any shit. Sorry, yeah. They don't... <laughs> yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah. They don't. And they, I just love, they're not afraid. At least the ones I've met and have worked with so less afraid to take risks and, I, and it's amazing. So I also admire Gen Z a lot. And, and I love what you said, that it shows that something is healing in the collective for sure. Because it's very easy to look at everything that's been going on and be like, wow, our world's really gone to shit. But then you look at it and you're like, but look at all these amazing young individuals who are showing up for each other and talking about issues that have not been talked about by a collective in a long time. And it makes me proud because I'm like, I have a child and I was very concerned for like his future. And knowing that the people that are going to be in in power and speaking about things are going to be people who actually like really care and stand up for each other. And I get, they get the very, oh, your guys' generation is very sensitive. And I'm like, yes, but also that's not a bad thing. We've had generations of people not caring and being empathetic. So I'd rather be oversensitive and us trying to heal than this hard, get it done and pretend like it doesn't hurt you thing. It's we're past that, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I I love that. I think we needed to, we need to become sensitive if we want like our our species to survive. That's the reality. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a, there's a place, there's a time, but mm -hmm. I definitely think it's very needed. A hundred percent. So speaking a little bit on that sensitivity and mental health, what are some things that you find have helped you in your mental health journey? Some turning point moments also for you in that. I think the bigger thing was being sober this year with everything I went through. I did it without using any form of any substance to ignore things 
or to numb things, I would say, that's a better mm-hmm. word. I just allowed myself to feel everything and not judge myself on how I felt. If I was sad and I allowed myself to be sad. If I didn't want to get out of bed, I allowed myself to get not get out of bed and I didn't hate myself for it the next day. Yeah. And I think when you just let yourself feel everything, the good things, the bad things, it helps you grow in a way that you can't when you're suppressing and you're numbing. And I think that was, that helped with my mental health, a therapy. I'm in counseling. So that helps. I I think everybody should go to counseling, whether you think you've experienced trauma or not, because there's just so many things that counseling helps with. Sometimes it's just talking to someone who's not biased and you feel safe with. Another thing is that helped with my mental health is just removing a lot of things and people that weren't serving me, that made me feel bad about myself. There were times I just got off social media completely because I'm like, this doesn't make me feel good right now. And when I started feeling like I was comparing or not good enough, or I needed to use filters for everything, I stepped back. There were weeks where I would not take a picture with a filter because I was like, I don't have to feel pretty with this on. Like I I was starting to only feel pretty when I used them. And I was like, "Ah, I don't have that feeling. And so just, I think the learning to when to tap out a little bit, Mm -hmm. like it's okay to take a break from things and to jump back in. Social media makes you feel, especially in the, in our industry, in the arts, then it's, if you're not being noticed or being talked about right now, you're not important. And that can make you feel like you can't stop doing it when really you need a break to like, I was afraid I wouldn't be relevant anymore. I'm like, if I stop, no one's going to want to interview me. No one's going to want to do anything. Especially when I had, like I said, I had started doing some stuff so quickly and then it just stopped. And then I had to remember that, like, why did they like me in the first place? Was it because when I was nobody, I still started getting shows. I'd remember, okay, like it'll all come back. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not. So I think coming back to the, just learning to experience things and not have the expectations for it'll get me to this goal. Goals are great, but if you don't allow yourself to experience, then it doesn't really matter. So I think that helped my mental health the most is just allowing breaks, being kind and not numbing. Yeah, that's amazing. And the accountability, I think that comes in all of it. That's the huge, you had a huge moment right there. That's the biggest being accountable for even just being like, you know what, maybe it was me for whatever reason, like with anything, accountability plays a huge role. That's helped a lot of things because I think it's very easy to fall into victim mode. And when you're just like, nah, I think I can change this. And of course you need help sometimes, but yeah, that accountability one is a big one. Yes. Yes. And it just helps you to realize that it's up to you, I think, to improve things. And of course, sometimes things are out of our control, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it really is up to us and everything. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm really glad you brought up therapy because that is something that I'm always promoting. And I love that you said too, that it's, you can go even when things aren't that bad. It just to help to talk to somebody Mm -hmm. to get that unbiased opinion, especially now too, with whatever era we're in, it's like, we're still in the pandemic yet coming out of it. I still think that a lot of people are still suffering um, mental health wise. And, and I know a lot of, especially a lot of kids, young adults, what is, what's a good indicator or, or some advice you could give for folks that maybe they're not really sure if they should go to therapy, but yet they feel a certain like uneasiness with themselves or maybe a lot of negativity. 
what's like a, what's something you could say for somebody that might be questioning it? What's like a good indication that yes, you should totally go. If there's something you feel like you want to talk about, but can't, that's really honestly what it came down to. If there's something that you feel like, I really wish I had someone to talk to this about that literally just that moment of going, you know what? I need to find someone I can, because those things are going to eat at you, whether you know it or not. And another tip for people, especially young people, because like I didn't have insurance for a while and I couldn't see an actual therapist through a doctor. So for a long time, like we have all these platforms at our hands and we don't realize how we can use them. I use TikTok because TikTok at the time during the pandemic, all these doctors were at home, all these therapists were at home. And I just went on TikTok therapy and literally just would all I watched was therapists and doctors and people who had to deal with certain things I was going through. And literally that was my little church, my little safe space. And I did it from the comfort of my home. It was free because therapy is expensive and it's not available to everybody. So TikTok is, and I was like, let me use this platform and find a way to use it to the best abilities. And that's what I used it for. I just would go on and scroll through because the algorithm works in your favor. If whatever you're watching the most of it keeps showing you more. So for a while, my whole page, my algorithm was all like therapy (laughs) and positive stuff, not just negative. And that was the biggest thing for me is allowing myself to use the things I already have and find a way to implement them to my, that would work for me. Like even YouTube, Ted Talks about self-love or TED talks about trauma or dealing with pain. They're all free. Even if you don't have internet at your house, you could go to a library not during the pandemic, but you could find ways to use it. Friends, hey, can I borrow your phone or TikTok or your laptop? I think it's way more accessible for kids on their phones and their laptops now. And most kids don't feel as comfortable talking in person. So it's the perfect way to get therapy, but not feel like you have to go through the, what if I feel uncomfortable around them or you know, that person's in a computer, so you don't really have to worry about it. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. It's amazing to see like the positive aspects of social media. And I think that, yeah, it actually brought back memories for me too. And I was going through a lot of anxiety and harder, difficult emotions, just finding other people on Instagram that were also going through similar things, seeing how they were helping themselves Mm -hmm. It was, it just helped me. I remember feel less alone and it's so cool again to see like our generation and younger willing to talk about this stuff too. And again, Mm -hmm. helping us all see that we're totally not alone in the shared pain that a lot of us do feel. Mm -hmm. The internet can be a good and a bad thing, just Mm -hmm. like anything else. It has the parts of it that you're just like, oh, it's such a horrible thing. But at the same time, it can also be so helpful. And it's like, if you find the right side of it and you try your best to stay on that side of it, it can be an amazing resource. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's, I find that a lot of it has to do with our intention behind it sometimes. And it's, and it's like everything, just trying our best to build a healthy relationship with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. What are some things that you find that this time period, this COVID pandemic period of our, in our lives has shown you, has helped you be who you are now? You know, surprisingly, as much bad things have gone on, or I guess it's also shown me how much people have in common with each other and how much people actually care. Because I think a lot of us realized we're a little bit more understanding of each other now. 
And I think a lot of people are a little more patient with each other. I think a lot of the stuff that you do see when it's like all these horrible things going on, a lot of that is just, to me, just very much mass produced by the media because I think they realize how much we are all collectively trying to be better. And if we're not fighting with each other, they don't make money and they don't have something to hold them in power. So I think the more we try to be there for one another, the better things are going to be. Yes, I love that. And I I also feel that I think that I can see it when if anybody's feeling sick now, we don't second guess it anymore. If you're not feeling good, stay home. It's okay. (laughs) Take Mm -hmm. care of yourself. I remember whenever I when I've had other jobs and forcing myself to go to work, even though I felt terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I've got a new job and I have already called out a bunch of times. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I used to feel I would never call out. And I used to pride myself on being the employee who worked really hard and stayed late hours and didn't call off and didn't use vacation. And now I look back and I'm like, the hell is wrong with me? That's not normal to be a machine. We're not machines. We're people. Amen. And if my son's not feeling good, I'm staying home. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel good, I'm staying home. And because if I die tomorrow, this company is going to keep going. And I, so I think that's one thing, again, from Gen Z, I've learned to be a little bit more like, you know what, there's more important things than capitalism and making money. Like money is important. Yes. I'm not going to say it's not, it's absolutely important, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And I probably have less money now than I've had in a long time in my life. And I'm a lot happier now than I have been when I've had a lot of it. Yes. This goes to show you don't need money to be happy. It does help, but you don't need it. Yes. It's as long as we have our health, we have our yeah. health. Health we- is the biggest. I think that's everybody realized how big our health is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially. And it's unfortunate, right? It had to take a pandemic to show a lot of these things, but we're here now and we're doing our best to learn from these circumstances. And as somebody with the pandemic also helped as somebody with a lot of body issues growing up, like I had a lot of, I still have body dysmorphia. I still have a lot of insecurities in my body, but I'm the most confident I've been in a long time. But the pandemic helped me realize like I had COVID and to get through COVID and to be thankful for my body, for fighting it, And for not ending up in the hospital, I had to realize I should be a lot more happy and appreciative of my body because it's gotten me through so it got me through a fucking global pandemic. So like, maybe I should be a little nicer to myself and my body. And I think it honestly helped a little bit with kind of pushing that narrative of loving myself because I'm like, okay, there's days where I don't like certain things, but I'm like, okay, but this whole body helped me like do all these things. It helps me perform. It helps me do all these amazing things I like to do. So let me be a little more grateful for it. And in return, I feel like, I don't know, in some weird way, I feel like I get over colds and things faster and they don't bother me as much. And I'm like, yeah, staying grateful does help a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Gratitude is that energy of gratitude is a game changer. It really mm-hmm. is because it really helps you become more present and be in the moment and be like, you know what, even mm-hmm. though I may not have X, Y, and Z, I still have all these other things that I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for. Yeah. I'm like, my nose is clogged and I can't sing right now, but uh, I can still walk every day and I can see and I can hear and just little stuff that we take for granted every day. I think a lot of us take less for granted in our health right now. And that's the biggest thing I think the pandemic has helped. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And one question that came to my mind also is, 
for anybody that's just starting um, in their journey of understanding themselves and increasing in self-love, what are some easy things you could say to someone listening to just to help them get going? Do one small thing every day. It doesn't have to be, I think we make these lists of, I'm going to do this and this, and we get all, you have all that energy and motivation at first, but motivation, it, it comes and goes. So if you just do one small thing, it was the power of now. That's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Read more. I did not read a lot. I hated reading. I would do audiobooks. hated reading, but I've started reading a little bit more and it's probably my ADD. I can't focus long enough <laughs> to read things, but instead of reading an entire book and thinking I have to get through this chapter, I, if I read one page, I read it. And then you just start doing little things, um, whether it's, I'm going to drink water every day when I wake up. I may not brush my teeth that day. I may not get out of bed that day. I may not eat healthy that day, but I drank that water that I said I was going to drink. Eventually that turns into more and more good habits until all of a sudden you're making a lot more. The the book said it's better to change 1% every single day you'll get further than trying to change 50 or 30, 25% every single day and failing. So if it's just 1%, one thing you do and you constantly start doing that becomes part of your routine. And then slowly you add in something else and slowly you add in something else. And then you see your, that's how your life starts changing. We, I think as the one thing about our generation in total is we want immediate results. We want to see things immediately because everything we have in our hands is immediate phones, computers, this, that everything gets things done now and you can't rush your life. So it's like the things that are going to be good for us. If it took us three years to do it, we still did it instead of putting it off for 10 years. You know what I mean? So it's just the small things. Just yes. start with something. It, it'll trickle down. It'll literally just snowball into something bigger. I love that. It, it's again, honoring the journey, right? Honoring every day and how every little act of it adds up, like you said. And I think it takes the pressure off. I think that's why a lot of us, I know I can speak for myself. I had to manage my stress, my anxiety, because I would just get so overwhelmed at the big picture. And not feeling to say, hey, actually, to get to that, you need to do all these little things. And it just feels better. Yeah. Also, too, realizing, I think a lot of us realized how close we were to death. I think, unfortunately, it was like good and bad, hard on our mental, but like also Mm -hmm. really good to realize that like we all started realizing time is the most important thing we have. And you may not make it to tomorrow to finish that goal. So try to enjoy it in the meantime. So if I never make it to huge crowds or huge concerts or touring. Like I still had a lot of fun. I still woke up every day and I got to do cool shit like this and interview. Like people want to talk to me or know what I, the fact that someone wants to know how I feel or how something that's crazy. Like, I'm just like, you really care about how like, like, cool. Like it's really just, I don't know. I just, I feel a lot more grateful every day, like for just the little stuff in this experience. And if it never went anywhere else, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And if it does, I'm okay with that too. I'm just okay. And like I said, it's just, it's life is a, it's the journey. Life is the ride, not the end because we all have the same ending. We already know what that is. We all will be checking out one day. Put alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is I used to be very afraid of being alone. And now I'm very okay being by myself. And it took a long time, but I'm like, if I don't like being around me, why would anyone else like being around me? Yes. You know, like, <laughs> Like I thoroughly enjoy time with myself now. And now I actually give less time to others. Cause I'm like, I want some time for me. I don't want to be around anyone else right now. I like my energy. And when I started choosing who gets my energy and when, and 
I think that made a big difference in how I started feeling mentally as well. Mm -hmm. I was more protective over myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, realizing the value that you bring right into people's mm-hmm. lives. Might as well enjoy that for yourself to the most that you can. Yeah, and being what, being who I needed for myself as a kid. What did I need as a kid that I felt like I didn't get from my parents or from other people? Okay, how can I be that to myself? And also having my son. I know a lot of people say this when they have kids, but you start healing a lot of your childhood wounds when you're raising a child because you get to be for them what you didn't get to have for yourself. Mm-hmm. It also hurts sometimes because it's, oh, they get this great healed mother or this great. <laughs> and there's like that jealousy of that little girl inside of me that wants to throw a tantrum. Like I didn't get this, yeah. but also like you do because you get to give it now. So it's just, it's cool how like things come full circle. That's beautiful. And I think that, and I've heard other parents say that just the amount of the growth, how much they learn from their child. From from your children than you will ever like learn. Like he will teach me more things in this lifetime than I probably will ever teach him. That's beautiful. How old is he? He's four. And he does so many things that I'm like, oh, that's me. (laughs) I look at him like, that's so annoying. I'm like, oh, that's me. And why am I annoyed with that? Oh, because my parents were annoyed with it. So I'm not actually annoyed with it. It's just It's crazy when you watch stuff and it's just, it's such a blessing to be able to try to do better. Cause like our parents all did the best with what they knew and Mm -hmm. some of them didn't just didn't know as much or so it's trying to be even easier, like a little more forgiving to them. Cause I'm just like, I'm doing the best with what I can do. My son's going to do the best with what he can do. We're all just trying to do our best. And it just, uh, I think it's just a matter of effort. Some of us just try a little harder. That's all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I wanted, I was just curious, is he into the arts too? Music or poetry? Yeah. He loves music. He definitely is like me as far as energy. Like he's all over the place. And I used to think I didn't have a lot of energy. I used to, I'm like, no, I'm not. And my friends were like, you're like a crackhead. Like, <laughs> like oh, okay. And I see it in my son and I'm like, where the hell does he get all this energy? And everyone just looks at me and I'm like, really? They're like, yes, Anna, you. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And he's just, he loves music, anything to do with music, dancing. He can, he'll hear me. And he heard a song that like a month ago that like I had never released. He hadn't heard yet. And he immediately goes, that's mama. And I'm like, you heard my voice. That's me. And like my singing. And he's yeah, that's mama. And I'm like, it's just so cute. Cause he'll sing my lyrics. Some of them, I can't let him sing all this. <laughs> he can't listen to everything, but like he listens to some stuff and he'll sing some of the lyrics. And I'm just like, Aww. If I never have any fans, I'm okay with my son, like really liking my song. It's just, the, it's a really cool feeling because you're not going to be cool forever to your kids. So if I, I'm cool right now. And I think in the next two years, I probably won't be anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to take full advantage of being really cool right now. Yes. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> and that's exciting too, that he's um, into the arts because imagine what he might do in his life. Yeah. And I, it's funny. That's why I gave him the name Apollo. I was thinking about names and I love Greek mythology and Apollo is the sun, uh, the God of the sun, mm-hmm. music, light, and prophecy. And so in medicine, he's, he's got so many things going on. And I just remember thinking like Apollo would be a cool artist name. It'd be a cool lawyer name. It'd be a cool teacher. Name. I mean, he could be literally anything. And I gave him that name with the thought of be whatever you want to be. And you're still going to be awesome. That yes. so, 
That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> awesome, Tana Marie. Before we finish up, I do want to mention how Tana Marie will be. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier. She will be performing on November 18th at Ferguson at our next Love Yourself Expression. Uh, you can get tickets already. They, it's $10 pre-sale and then $15 at the door. So come and support and uh, witness Tana Marie's amazing artistry mm -hmm. on stage and but yeah but before we finish up we are going to be sh uh, showing a clip of some of Tana Marie's work after our interview and Tana Marie can you tell us a little bit more about what we're going to show yeah so I think I forgot what you guys are showing actually what would you like us to show do you want us uh, like one oh, of your yeah I think probably gumbo and the reason why it's funny because this song makes me feel so many different ways when I hear people, when I, when it's an intimate group and they hear it, I almost want to hide because <laughs> I was so confident when I wrote that. <laughs> and sometimes I'm not always that person. And I'm like, oh my God. And like the, the words, but it also makes me really proud because in that moment, I did not care what anyone thought of me, what anyone cared about the song. <laughs> I just knew that I was going to feel really good. And I wanted to make other people feel really confident and good too. And I think that song, I think that's why people like that song a lot. It's upbeat in a time when a lot of things were sad and I've written nothing but like emo tracks. So like this song was very much, we're going to celebrate us being in our bodies, whether we're big or small or whatever we are, just mm -hmm. enjoy being in your body and remember that you're dope exactly as you are. So sometimes I feel that way. Sometimes I don't always embody that, but I think no matter what, that song is really I want everyone to feel their best them. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. Can't wait to show it and uh, get everybody to listen to it. But yes, Tana Marie, before we close, is there anything else you would like to say? Also, let us know how can people find you? What are the best ways for people to connect with you? Best way for people to connect with me, probably through Instagram, because you can direct message me. I have my email, tanamariebookings at gmail.com for DJs and stuff if they want a DJ pack or if, they, if people want to contact me for shows. I've had people just DM me just to be like, Hey, I really like this. And I like to connect with people. So even if you're just a fan and you're like, I don't know how to reach out to you. I promise I'm like a nice person. I'll reach out. <laughs> just don't be a creepy guy. And that's fine. <laughs> no creepiness, please. No creepers. But yeah, you can reach me on Instagram. I am on Twitter, Tana Marie Sings as well. I'm on TikTok, Tana Marie Sings. And then what else? And YouTube. I have my old YouTube content still up. I probably am going to add to that soon. So that's also Tana Marie Sings. It's pretty much everywhere. I try to make it as you know consistent as possible around the board. And then if you don't mind, I'd love to leave with a poem. It's a short poem called Skies. And it's like something that I feel very close to myself like I wrote this poem and I was like I really feel this right now and I still feel this way every day so absolutely of course my my pleasure <laughs> <laughs> why do I feel so drawn to the sky why do the clouds bring me comfort why does the sun rising feel like hope and the sunset feel like congratulations why do the stars wink at me like we share a secret I have yet to uncover as if inside of me is the same magic that lights up the moon. Why does the wind against my skin feel like a mother's hug? Is it because mother nature is the only mother-daughter relationship I've experienced in this lifetime? She taught me true beauty. She watched me bloom. She believed in me when I said I could fly and she taught me that thunder was only a precursor to the electricity that runs through my veins, I suppose, 
This is why I'm not afraid of the rain or the storm because I am the rainbow that follows. I am the sun. I am a ray of light carrying nutrients to life. I am a reflection of her and everyone around me. I am God. That's why I feel so drawn to the sky. Oh, wow. I'm in tears. <laughs> That's beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much. We all much. just need to be reminded that there's a little bit of God in all of us and we just got to find it. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. That was beautiful. Oh, you're making me emotional. Don't make me (laughs) You're welcome. Uh Thank you again for having me. I love everything the Love Yourself Foundation does. And I think it's important, really important for everybody's healing in this world to learn to love themselves. So thank you for what you guys do and the platform that you give artists. And I just, I can't wait for the show on the 18th and to continue working with you guys and just see where life takes us. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for your words. And it really warms my heart to see what we are able to do and help people. And I think artists all type, whatever, wherever you're at and the artistic spectrum, I just have so much gratitude for everybody because everyone, y'all give so much of your heart to the world and y'all deserve so much love and respect and care and compassion and kindness in return. So it is my pleasure. Whatever artist is out there listening, by the way, all of your art matters. I don't care if you do painting. I don't care if it's in a sketchbook that no one's ever seen. Like art is what heals things and people. So it's so important as an artist, whether you're small and nobody knows your work or if everyone knows Mm -hmm. your work. So all my artists out there, keep doing it. Yes. Keep doing it. All right, Tian Marie, thank you so much. It was such a joy to get to know more about your story. Um, and I'm so excited for the 18th and getting to see you up there on the Ferguson stage again. Yeah, I get to see my homie Cam perform too. I'm so excited for Cam. <laughs> so yeah, I'm honestly a fan of all my friends too. I'm like, I fangirl over them really hard. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks again. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, you too, Tiana. And, and thank you everybody listening. And remember, you can get tickets on our website at thelifoundation.org for the event on the 18th, $10 pre-sale. All right, y'all. Thank you, everybody. And see you later, Tana Marie. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the stage the one you've all been waiting for. Fred, stop. Miss Tana (laughs) Marie. Y'all ready, band? I ain't a snack, I'm a three-course meal, baby. Drop it down, pick it up, then I ride it slowly. I'ma make it so his friends wanna get to know me. Uh, bring it back. I ain't a snack, I'm a three-course meal, baby. Drop it down, pick it up, then I ride it slowly. I'ma make it so his friends wanna get to know me. Uh, check it. Now, three things I ain't told you yet. First things that about my check. Second thing that my shit stay wet. Third thing I need a man with unforgettable sex. Woo! Dale, dame, mami, ay. Dale, dame, mami, ay. Dale, dame, mami, ay. Where my bad bitch is at? Dale, dame, mami, ay. Dale, dame, mami, ay. Dale, dame, mami, ay. Look, pussy, good brain, no cap. He said he like it when he hear me moan. Said I like it when he turned me on. He the type to try to pull my hair. I make that thing disappear. How she do that there? Woo, woo. Don't go there, baby. Set the stage, do a show there, baby. We're to Aaliyah, rock the boat there, baby. I realign all your shockers with my throat now, baby. Dale, dame, papi, ay. Dale, dame, papi, ay.